All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Offbeat Podcast. I'm your host, Jorge Ambriz. And in the background, doing all the technical work, I got my wife, Jeanette Ambriz. Applause. Round of applause for Jeanette Ambriz. She's the one behind all the magic. (laughs) All right. And then today uh, we have a special, special episode, man. It's always a pleasure when we're able to hop on here and just, uh, you know, uh, do what we do to have real, authentic conversations. That's been the vision since the beginning. And that will continue to be the vision is to have real, authentic conversations with people that are doing some real things out there. And uh, today's uh, guest, um, we... You almost said host. I know, I almost (laughs) said host. It's because we have the same name. (laughs) So let's give it up, man, for our guest today, Jorge Batres, mi tocayo. Tocayo. Good to meet you, man. What's up? What's up, man? Yeah, finally meeting in person. Yes. We've just been through social media. Yeah, man. And I love what you said in the beginning. Um, you guys' vision is to have authentic conversations yeah. and right off the bat, right off the bat, meeting you, you're such an authentic guy, man. Like it, it's easy to talk to you, easy yeah. to connect with you. You're charismatic. So let's do this, man. I'm excited. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, man. So, um, I always like to start off, man, of course, with people just, uh, to kind of, it, it breaks the ice too. And it kind of gives us a little bit, little bit of understanding of kind of who is Jorge Batres. So why don't you tell us, man, where... How was your childhood? Where where did, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Yeah, I was born and raised in Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua. Oh, okay. We pronounce the CH like a SH instead of a CH. We say like sh. So, so milk is leche, right? Leche. We say leche. Kind of like that Argentinian little yeah, vibe. Huh? Sure. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, I was born and raised in Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, but okay. as you know, it's one of the most dangerous cities in Mexico. Right. Um, especially when I lived there in early 2000s. So it was yeah. It was really, really bad. So we immigrated from Juarez to L.A. Uh, to the city where I currently still live in, San Pedro, California. Shout out San Pedro. Sa- shout out San Pedro, man. So I've been there for 15 plus years. Okay. Um, I went to high school there, met my wife there, got yeah. married there. Uh, we work from home, so we work there. Yeah. You know, so long story short, young immigrant you know we came out here for a better life yeah my parents really uh gave us everything that 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 we needed all the tools all the resources they worked really hard my dad had three jobs my mom was working and now we're here man my sister graduated from loyola marymount got her master's got her bachelor's from ucla my brother just graduated high school and i'm a young entrepreneur out here uh, for the kingdom of god proud parents i bet right Proud parents yeah, yeah we tried we That's try. good, man. And they are they still there in uh, San Pedro too? My parents? whole family's in San Pedro. Whole family's in yeah. San Pedro. Well, man, I mean, if I lived there, man, I wouldn't want to leave from there either. No, man. It's by San the Pedro's coast. Nice. Yeah, it's right by the coast. You got the fish market. Yeah, it's a little pocket in LA, yeah. right? It's kind of like a blue collar city. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of traffic. Not, yeah. not a lot of people going in and out. I always say if you go to San Pedro, it's because you have business there. Yeah. Because it's a dead end. Yeah, it's the end of the 110 freeway. Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of low key, but I love it there. Yeah, and what are some of the the highlights um, or your childhood memories, man? That you that kind of stand out the most to you? Yeah, I think growing up and having that that culture, it was like a family in the block, right? Yeah. Every night, 6 p.m. You know, uh, the sun's going down. Everybody's playing soccer in the street. Yeah. You know, I got my dad's a pachuco. So my okay. dad's like a zoot zooter. He okay. wears like the suspenders. So I just remember him cleaning his 
1964 green impala outside yeah. washing it playing oldies you know you got the you got the moms gossiping and chairs outside yeah, like, and the, it, the cheese man the cheese, man. <laughs> it, it's a different vibe so i remember yeah. that and you know the roads are the roads are are kind of tough in terms of like the street it's not like how it yeah. is out here so if you fell during the soccer game like you you you're walking out with no skin on the on the knees man it's crazy <laughs> that's yeah man so and then uh growing up right there man i i because i know i have some family there in san pedro and mm -hmm. uh they grew up in the san pedro area harbor city okay um so and i know there's you know just like any southern california neighborhood there's mm -hmm. always the gangs right yeah did you ever come into any did, you, did they ever cross your path was that ever something that was kind of like you were kind of gravitating to ever yeah i think i think because i grew up skateboarding okay but the thing about the culture the skateboarding culture if you're a skater you're most likely affiliated with the taggers exactly and if you're yeah, a tagger yeah. you're most likely affiliated with yeah. the gang members yeah so for me yeah i was in that circle for sure my friends that skated a lot of them tagged and a lot yeah. of them the tag were game bangers yeah um and i grew up in the projects in san pedro not in the projects but the apartment we lived in was right next to the project so yeah. you know we still saw a lot of that um uh i never got asked to join a gang but you know all my friends their yeah. older their oldest brothers they were in gangs they were selling drugs right so i kind of got a little bit into it you know i was a skater so i did tag and i did sell weed for for about a couple months but okay i just didn't like it yeah yeah, yeah that was you, that probably <laughs> you think it had probably had to do with kind of where you came from and then even your parents were they strict on you yeah they definitely were like when when my parents found out that i smoke weed they wanted to send me to rehab yeah like it was for them for, it's like oh it's like for crack. hispanic family oh for first generation that's what a lot of people don't understand is that for first generation hispanic family it's like I'm, you know, like, I think because of that uh, Rosa de Guadalupe show, you know, it really traumatized <laughs> our people. <laughs> yeah. Mi hijo, mi hijo. Like, you know, like, so, Like, if yeah. you smoke weed or or if you're emo, it's mm -hmm. bad news. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Red flags. Like, Red flags. Send, send them to Mexico. Send them to Tijuana, <laughs> to the rehab. Yeah, so. Let's reorganize our will. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, definitely no. we're, we're around it. But, yeah. you know, I think God had a... a special anointing and calling in my hand that I'm, I'm sorry over me that he kind of you know shifted things around so that i wouldn't get involved in those things yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's uh I, I love that you said that because i um once you come to christ mm -hmm. you know and we'll get a little bit into that mm -hmm. in your own personal life but um you really begin to see like i love that scripture he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith right mm -hmm. And I just love that because it just shows that God's just handwriting our story. Mm. You know, it's just carefully and thoughtfully planned out. And we begin to see things like that where, you know, why didn't I get into gangs? You know, why yeah. didn't I, why didn't I keep selling weed? You know, mm. why didn't I, you know, become the next, you know, big narco in Ciudad Juarez? Right. You know, like why? Seriously. And it's because, you know, God had a plan. Mm -hmm. God had a plan. And, and you met your wife, you said, right? Yeah. And right there in San Pedro. So when uh where when when about did that happen? Yeah, so it was in high school already. So we're I'm sure it was in tenth grade going into eleventh yeah. grade. It was a it was a summer summer day. I think I sent her a, a Facebook message. Okay. And um and I was just like, Hey, um, I just think you're really cute. Like we should go out. Yeah. 
And she was like, okay, let's do it. So, we oh, had, wow. <laughs> you know, um, it, it wasn't like now, right? Like, I, I think if, I think if somebody receives that message yeah. now, like it's, ew, creepers or like that, right. right? It still was, it was still safe. <laughs> I, I think, I think I had the credibility already. I, okay. Okay. Yeah, know, yeah. I was very social in high school, so I spoke with everyone. So I'm sure she, yeah. she kind of knew who I was, but right. I had, she, she had caught my eye recently. Uh, because I, my my cousin had joined drill team and she was like the co-captain of the team. So then okay. I started seeing her around. Yeah. So I sent her a message. Um, we went on a date right there in San Pedro to the fish market. Let's go. You know, uh, we took her. I took her to the water show. Not a lot of people know San Pedro has like a water show similar to Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. I didn't but know it, that. it's just really small. Oh, OK. Uh, but it's really cool. So we went down there. I got her a little bracelet to, you know, symbolize her first date. <laughs> And um, you know, I went in for the kiss, and she 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 dodged it. Oh man, yeah, that's a wah wah wah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a wah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say that again. Yeah, I went in for the kiss, and she dodged it. <laughs> but you know, and you, and you, that made me want it more. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're, so still, I like, you're still recovering. <laughs> yeah, I'm still recovering. You know, 11 years later. Yeah. But I was like, oh, she's different. She's not like the other girls. This is before I got saved, right? Yeah. It's not the other girls. Like, you ask for a kiss and you get it right away. Right. Um. So then I had a game plan, a, a game plan for the next day. I'm like, I'm going to take her to the park. I'm going to do a little picnic. And I'm going to ask her to be my girlfriend because then maybe I'll get the kiss if, yeah. if she's actually my girlfriend. Yeah. So, you know, I, I grabbed a little a little blanket. I made some bologna sandwiches. That's cool. I, I brought some Capri Suns. Hold like, on, hold on. That's how you know <laughs> you're in the hood. Bologna. <laughs> <laughs> You had a bologna. You, 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 no ham, no deli meat, bologna. Bologna <laughs> with a little bit of mayo. Let's no, go. No lettuce. They didn't even have lettuce, but you know, just wrapped up the sandwiches, laid down the towel, put on some Chris Brown, and I was like, hey, you want to be my boyfriend? Hey, Chris <laughs> Brown. Um, hey, man. I hope everyone's taking notes. Yeah. If you're in high school, take notes. <laughs> so my excuse was, hey, I know you're going on a trip, and I'm yeah. going to Big Bear with my family this week. So, Last thing I want is somebody to, you know, come get at you and make you their their boyfriend. So, yeah. you know, I got to be first. So she said yes. And I got the kiss nice. I wanted. Applause. Applause. Yeah. yeah. Here we are 11 years later. That's cool, man. That's awesome. So let's get into um, let's get into coming to Christ, man. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Man, I think it was just a lot of searching for the wrong things, a lot of unfulfillment throughout my life. Um, but. What I could bring it back to is certain people in certain times of my life planting seeds, mm -hmm. right? Like in middle school, I had a buddy of mine. His name is Josue, and he was part of that group, right? Mm -hmm. He was a part of the group, skaters, you know, bad kids, whatever, getting into trouble. We started smoking when we were, when we were 11 or 12, yeah. right? So we we're really young. So he, he actually ended up separating himself from the group, and I saw him starting to thrive and succeed in different areas of his life so yeah. i wanted that so i just remember you know after six months of not speaking to him because he uh purposely cut himself away from the group i went to his home and and he was waiting for me outside i i didn't text him i didn't call him yeah but he was waiting outside and he said i knew you were coming keep in mind this is 2012 i must have been 12 years old yeah 12 13 yeah. and this guy's talking to me with such authority he says, I knew you were coming because God told me you were coming. So he's like, I've been here for the last two days waiting outside for a couple hours because he said you were coming. And I was like, what do you mean? 
He's like, he showed me a vision and I never heard the word vision before till that day. Yeah. He's like, he showed me a vision. You were coming. He ended up praying for me that day and I received the Holy Spirit. But then, you know, years later, I just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. You know, life happens, kind of started yeah. doing my own thing, getting into trouble again. Uh, but then again, another friend came into my life. His name is Lavelle. He started reaching out to me. He's like, hey, man, let me pray for you. Let's go to church. And I'm like, I don't I don't want to hang out with you, man. Like, I, we don't have anything in common. <laughs> right. But he was persistent. And I didn't really have an encounter with God. I, the way I describe it is I had an encounter with the enemy. Right. Uh, I was dealing and being in situations that were handcrafted by the enemy. And one of the many stories, um, I had three encounters with the enemy. One of them, I was smoking with one of my friends. I had something in my brain saying, don't go. Something in my spirit saying, don't go. And I went anyways. And um, we're smoking and my friend was under the influence. He was coked out. He was on psychedelics. Mm -hmm. He was high. And he started manifesting and he started telling me that, He's constantly, um, uh, depending on the situation, he taps into one of the eight demons that rule his life. And he started manifesting into one of them. And I was trying to get out of the car and I couldn't get out of the car. But once I finally did, I felt like something attached to me. So that's when I reached yeah. out to that friend that was like, hey, man, let's pray. Let's go to church. And how, uh, many, how many years apart were these situations? Uh, they, were, they were about seven to eight years apart. Wow. So... When I reached out to my friend and I told him I felt like something attached to me, I'm like, what do I have to do? Like, you know, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to get this off and I want to live a new lifestyle. He was like, let's pray, come to church tomorrow and, and, you know, we'll go from there. The cool thing about him is he started walking, he started doing life with me. We would see each other every single day and we would read the word or just go pray and just eat and just hang out and he mm -hmm. just really set a great example in my life but yeah it was a lot of those type of encounters with like yeah. the enemy and and demonic spirits that led me towards god it was like i knew i was going in the wrong path yeah i knew god had a bigger vision for my life and i just kept going the opposite way where i was finally like okay yeah i give in yeah that's that's really cool man and i i, I want to even kind of recap on some really important things that i think um those that are watching can really learn from. And first thing is, man, that I really love how you were able to see, and there was somebody in your life that was bold enough to share. Mm. You know, and I think that that's one of the things that we have to really remember as, as the, as the body of Christ, as, as a Christian is we have to be able to understand that, you know, there's that, that person could be us, yeah. that bold person could be us, you know, and it doesn't take a lot just to be able to share, you know mm. what I mean? And, Thank God for that friend, you know, when you were 12 years old, that was bold enough to say, you know, he might have like, man, this is foolish. Like you said, like what 12 year old uses the word vision? You mm -hmm. know, I had a vision, you know, and it's like, what? Like, but he was bold enough, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? To say, I'm going to listen to this vision. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention, you know, because it's, it's going after somebody's life, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's really important is that, you know, we have to understand that people out there regardless of how we feel we're going to look, you know, there's somebody out there that is in need, mm. you know? And so, and then the other thing was this other friend that he was willing to be persistent. Yeah. You know, he was willing to, you didn't even want to hear it. He but messaged yeah, me for two years straight on look Facebook. Look at that. Yeah. Persistency, man. And I think that that's one of the things that, and, uh, you know, Western Christianity, Western culture, you know, more, it's kind of like we kind of, just assume a big picture and we forget about the small little things like just 
following up with people, mm. you know, being being there, being that person, you know, because we can get caught up so much in other things and we can forget about the persistence, being that persistent person in, in that person's life. That's so good. I mean, yeah. I was in sales. I was still in sales, but um, we talk about the treasure is in the follow-up. We talk about it in the in the secular world and we don't talk about that in Christianity. I love say that again. The treasure is in the follow-up. Treasure is in the follow-up. Yeah. The treasure. So man. he was persistent for two years. Mm-hmm. He's in his forties. He's got he's got a big family and and um I felt like we had nothing in common, different backgrounds, different ethnicities. And I'm like, there's no way there's no way like I'm gonna sit down with with this guy. There's there's gonna be nothing to talk about. Right. But he was persistent for two years. He en- he ended up being in my wedding. He's one of my best friends now. We go to church yeah. together. We do ministry together. But yeah. you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. God has those spiritual brothers Ex- yeah. for you, ready ready to go, man. Yeah. And we I think we have to light up. We have to light up more in that way. You know, I think a lot of a lot of people are really looking for the authentic, mm-hmm. you know, and there's nothing, I always say, um, there's nothing more authentic than genuine community. Mm-hmm. You know, when there is someone that is willing to walk with you, even in your mess, Yeah. you know, when they are willing to walk with you in your mess, they're able to accept you for who you are <laughs> in that moment. And, uh, and then they're able to just walk you through and just be able to allow, cause that's the biggest thing I think is, is allowing us to be used and allowing God to be God. Mm. I think those are two very important things. Like why be used of God? Like, you know, we're allowed to be used, you know, and that is to just be that person, be that person's community, be that person's reinforcer, be that person's restorer, like help them. Um, But at the same time, understand that the change doesn't come from us, Mm. you know, it comes from God. And that's where we allow God to be God, Mm. you know, and, and that is very hard for a lot of people um, within the church. And that's why a lot of times we give up on people because we're like, oh, they, they're not getting it. They're not changing. They're not leaving this. They're not doing that. And I get it. Like there's a time and place. But a lot of times what people just need is is just that genuine, uh, sincere community. Yeah. Right. You agree? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that was a year. That was your life. Yeah. That was your, your initial walk. Man. Yeah. yeah. And this was just two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. And so what, what started to happen from there, man? Like once, once you finally caved in and said, all right. Yeah. It was something uh, interesting started, ha- started happening. Cause I started to have these, you know, encounters with God now. And I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was, I was working out there. I was out there for three months and then my wife was back in LA and it's like, we're both secretly looking for God, not sharing about it. But we're both being encountered by God. Oh, really? Yeah. And she was back in LA oh, and I was okay. in Pittsburgh. Okay. So once we finally came together, we kind of were like, wait, what? You're reading the word? You're yeah. in a Bible group? Wait. <laughs> and we're like, we're like, let's do this together. So soon after, you know, we, we went to church and we just want to really commit our lives to God. And I was wearing kind of like what I'm wearing today. I was wearing a shirt and some Dickies. And they were doing baptisms at my church a couple months after we started attending there. And yeah. I told my wife, I'm like, I want to jump in there. The spirit is pulling me. And she's like, well, you don't have shorts or nothing. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going in there. 
And she's like, you are? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, I'm going in there with you as well. Yeah. And she was wearing jeans. She had just done her eyelashes or whatever. <laughs> so I know it was a big deal for her. Dang, so. that's how you know God touches you, man. When, yeah. <laughs> when you're able to like, Lord, take it off. Man. So, you know, we got baptized. Yeah, and that, that's, that's really where, where the commitment went from, you know, a level seven to a 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just started serving, started yeah. volunteering at the church, yeah. working with the high school ministry. Uh, and God just started opening doors, really. Yeah. Yeah. And how's that? How's that experience um, uh, serving? Because you're high schoolers mm-hmm. and um, you've been safe for two years now. So in today's culture, man, how difficult is that? Yeah. Well, for me, my intention going into that and serving the high school ministry is I feel like my high school years, I was the most vulnerable and the most uh easily influenced and i and i was always looking for like a big bro right like so i would always hang out with like older people that were in college and i was still in high i was still in high school yeah so i kind of wanted to be that figure but lead kids into like rather than influencing to like hey let's go you know i wasn't even 18 i was going to clubs right you know we're raving we're doing things we weren't supposed to instead of doing that you know i i'm I become kind of like this older brother figure to these young kids yeah. and I get to give them good advice. You know, we still do life together. We'll go bowling. We'll go, you know, we'll go play, you know, games at, at the mall, do whatever, but just get them out of that pressure of the party life of, of the things that their friends are doing that they think is cool. Right. Yeah. So it's just an opportunity for me to be a big brother. I always wanted. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that so much because that, Honestly, it has always been, um, I'm going to call it a, the philo- a philosophy of ministry, you know, basically just that's the number one way I believe of doing ministry, you know, is, um, you know, I was a, I was a youth pastor myself for, for a few years. Wow. And, um, one of the things that in the beginning, um, it was rough, you know, it was really rough because I came from the streets, you know, mm. I, I grew up, you know, I was, you know, I was gangster and, you know. <laughs> doing drugs. I had to mature real early, you mm-hmm. know? And so when I came and, and it's just a bunch of church kids, I felt, <laughs> I felt like they were spoiled mm. bunch of high schoolers. Like, man, you guys don't know what right. it is. You know, like I came, I had that mentality, you right. know, and you know, God dealt with me quick, you know, quick, quick, you know, and, and he started to show me, you know, mm. that, um, they're people, you know, mm. that they're, they're people and that even though, um, kind of going back to that, even though I couldn't relate exactly with a lot of them, but one of the things that I could do was be a big brother to them, mm. you know? And, and I remember, um, um, he was also a youth pastor at that time. I can't, I was trying to remember the other day who had told me this Two two people in separate occasions. But the first time, um, he came, we invited him as a special guest to one of our youth nights and he had a great youth ministry. And I asked him, I'm like, you know, man, what's the, what's the secret? Like, what's, share them with me share me the secret man i'm here i'm laboring i'm i'm doing this i'm doing i'm doing cartwheels and (laughs) like i just feel like i can't get their attention you know what i mean like Mm. um he told me he's like spear be their friend yeah he's like be their friend he's like don't worry about this don't worry about that don't worry about you know you know studying in a big old sermon you know what i mean you know don't worry about that like throw a pizza party yeah throw a pizza party and then pray for them, do this. And, you know, take them to go play basketball, mm. take them, to go play soccer, visit them, go do homework with them. 
And I was like, that changed, that revolutionized. Like, it was simple, but I was like, that's so true, man. I'm over here, like, studying for hours, you know what I mean, on how to prepare a sermon. And, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to, like, give classes on how to evangelize to them. And they're not they're not even saved, you know what I mean? And I was like, how am I going to get them saved? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, of course, God is the one that saves. But how am I even going to get them to that place of interest if I can't even be genuine with them? You know, if I can't even be real with them, wow. if I can't even be authentic with them, if I can't even love them, mm. you know, and and that's why, like, I feel a lot of times um, uh, I always say, like, it's cultures do change, you know, times change, cultures change. Um, you know, we're dealing with a lot of stuff in, in today's age. A lot of times um, I don't get into that fight in particular. Why? Because. My root and my philosophy in ministry is that, mm. is that if you just love people, if you just, you know, do your best to just be on their corner, uh, you don't have to agree with them. You don't have to follow them. You don't have to do what they do, but you can, you know, have those boundaries and still love on them because eventually when, because one of the things that I can, I think everyone can agree on, and I believe with all my heart, is that sin eventually will take a toll on everyone. Right. Everyone's day with sin is always going to come. That reckoning is all that one day it's going to it's going to happen. Mm. You know, we can, you know, the wages of sin are death. Mm. So eventually like people are going to get tired. People are going to get tired of living the way they live. People are going to get tired of thinking the way they think. People are going to eventually come to the realization, man, this way isn't working. Right. And who are they going to turn to? Yeah, yeah. You we got to be those big bros. We got to be those big sis, you know, um and and just be able to be a light to our to this generation. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a, you know, I don't think it's. I think it's an issue because we're trying to figure out a philosophy when it's like it's not figuring out. It's just just be there for this generation. That's good, you know. Yeah, and when I came in, I didn't I didn't have knowledge like biblical yeah. knowledge because we didn't grow up in the church. So my way was, you know, we talk fashion, we talk about yeah. the things that I knew, yeah. and I shared my testimony and the things yeah. that I went through and. I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to save you guys time. Like, I already yeah. went through all this. Yeah. Like, y'all could do better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let me give you a shortcut to what the you have come. Yeah, the cheat code for the next couple of years while you're in high school, at least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, that's kind of like my way to connect with them. We talk about things that I'm already familiar with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's beautiful, man. That's the way I, you know, there's other levels, too, of thinking, you know what I mean? And but in terms of that, like, you know, a, working with this generation we need more of that we yeah need more of that and then you guys do that is, is that something that you guys are still doing within yeah. the high school ministry so we were doing it in the first year and a half and then i started traveling a lot for okay. work and then i had to tell my pastor hey i'm gonna take i'm yeah. gonna step down for a couple for a couple months maybe a year yeah so i can i still do the same thing i still do ministry while i'm traveling just in a different way. It looks different. Yeah. Yeah. And they're supportive of that. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. They're super supportive. I mean, my, yeah. my pastor, shout out Pastor Sean, shout out Pastor Joel, Light and Live. Yeah. They're super supportive. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. That, that's always important to, I'm glad you have a community of, of people, of other believers that are able to support your transitions or able to support your changes and things like, cause that's really important, you know, um, and it's teaching us, it's teaching you, you know, to hear from God. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard this the other day is that, you know, we God God wants us to hear from him, you yeah. know, individually, you know, and it's beautiful that um, you're doing that. And so tell us a little bit. What did what did you transition into? Yeah. So 
um, I was super inspired by this event. It was a hip hop event. And okay. I, I didn't know much about Christian hip hop. I didn't know there was a culture like that. Yeah. Like when I came into and when I when I transitioned into getting saved, I just thought there was like, you know, Hosanna type of music. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just worship yeah. music and that was it. Yeah. But uh, I went to an event, got really inspired by it. I'm like, hey, I want to do the same thing at my church. I got the green light from my pastors. I'm like, hey, I want to get I want to get vendors. I want to get Christian artists. I want to get... Were you good? Oh, yeah. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> um, so what was I? Yeah, you started getting flyers. Oh, yeah. So I went to an event that I became really inspired by. It was a hip-hop concert, and I was like, I want to do the same yeah, thing. at your church. At my church, yeah. right? And... and uh, so we got vendors, we got Christian clothing brands, we got Christian rappers to come out to my church to do a performance and do a show. It was a lot of entertainment and fashion, right? And I wanted people to come network and just get to hear the word as well. Um, so what happened is I got uh, an artist that I really liked to come perform at my church. And we ended up becoming really close. Um, so I told them, I'm like, hey, next time you come to L.A., if you're out here doing any shows... Let me serve. Let me sell your merch for you or whatever it is that you need. You know, I just want to I just want to help out. So and one of the one of the uh, times that he came back to L.A. Mm -hmm. where I was helping him out, um, uh, there was an opportunity where someone came up to the, the booth and they were like, we're looking for an artist. We're doing a show at the Anaheim Stadium. Right. We were doing something at the Angel Stadium and uh, we need an artist. So I ended up making that connection and he was like, whoa, like, you need to start doing this with me on the road. Yeah. Um, he just saw the way that I communicated with people and the way that I was hungry to serve. So I ended up becoming his manager. Yeah. And, and we who, started traveling. And who is it? Who is the artist? His name is Miles Minnick. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's dope. He's, he's from dope. the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's from, from up north. Yeah. He's real <laughs> hype. He's hype. He's hype with it. He's, yeah. That is, you know, he is true to himself. You know, yeah. You're born yeah. and raised out there, so... You know, it shows in the music and the and the fashion. Yeah. <laughs> but also he's got he's got a true heart for Jesus. Like he yeah. just wants to impact this new generation. He wants to get people saved. He wants to po point people towards God. And yeah. it's just a, an honor to be able to serve and do ministry along his side. That's cool, man. And so what do you, what do you like the most about doing about being part of this? Man, I think there's a lot of different things. But most of the times when we do shows, it's not just a rap concert. It's like actual people coming to the altar. I've seen kids, uh, they they had like a, a T-shirt with their favorite secular artist. They rip the shirt. They get a new shirt that says, God put me on. They do. They drop their vapes or their yeah. marijuana pens on the altar. You know, they'll come up and say, um, I'm giving this phone to my pastor because I deal with the porn addiction and, and, I, and I just need accountability. So it's it's about the kids coming towards uh, to God that really makes me feel fulfilled you know we get to travel and we get we get pampered and treated really well but that's yeah. that's just secondary really what i what i love is seeing these young people because we we usually do high school college or young adults like that's kind of like the market yeah so i love seeing young people come to christ yeah mm -hmm. that's that's dope man and i think that's what's so um you know a lot of people that might be against like oh why you know especially in the in the christian in, in christianity right a lot of a lot of times people can oppose um things like that like christian artists and stuff like that there's there's always been criticism about all that stuff right but that's one of the beauties is when you find someone that is yeah 
they're entertaining, but at the same time, it's ministry. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what's so powerful when, when, um, and you see that in him, you see that in him and it, and you see that even in just talking to you, you know, is that it's, of course, you know what I mean? Like the, the organizing of an event, it, it, there is no event if it's not organized, right. you know, there's, there is no event if, um, you know, funding doesn't come in, right. you know, there is no event, you know, if like, I get that side of it, you know, but when the main focus is always people, you know, that's when you get such beautiful results, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what, um, we need to understand is that it's not, yeah, it's, yes, it's entertainment. Yes. It's the stage. Yes. It's, it's all of this, but it's all with the means to, again, it's kind of like being that big bro in there, yeah. you know, it's like, there's no one is going to, you know, no one is going to hear if we're not talking to them, right. you know, no one is going to listen. No one is going to hear us out if it's not appealing, you mm-hmm. know, if it doesn't appeal, like, let's be honest, like it's, it's not, you know, it's like Christian, like, like typical Christian movies, you know what I mean? Like you, you know, you, you kind of see them and you're like, dude, I don't want to watch this. It's, they're corny. You know what I mean? It's right. kind of like, there's a corniness to it and, and, and they're great. They're, they're, they're for some people, they love them. You know what I mean? But when we're talking about outreach, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the biggest thing when we're talking, we have to focus that this, these are outreaches and the way we do them, they might look different. They might feel different. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? That's what it's about. What you're talking about is being being able to see God move in individuals' lives like that. That's yeah. that's priceless, man. Yeah. That's so priceless. Do you guys get a lot of um a lot of uh how do you say uh a lot of criticism? For what? For like events that you guys put on or anything like that? I mean, yeah, all the time. All the time. <laughs> like Miles Miles became uh, really popular. He did a song called "Sober," okay, okay. where he talked about ma- being married to one woman and not smoking and not drinking. Yeah, and people, people just had so much to say about that. Not Christians, but the world. Yeah, they were like, "What are you? What are you talking about? You have one wife, and you and you don't smoke and you don't drink. I'm doing all three of those right now. I got all these girls, and I'm smoking, and I'm drinking. <laughs> like I'm doing it all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So he got a lot of back- backlash for pushing that, right? Yeah. For pushing uh, positivity, for pushing uh, sobriety. Yeah. Uh, we just live in kind of like that world right now where yeah. the opposite is yeah. was popular. So we're just trying to, you know, work against that right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what about in the in 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 the Christian realm? Do you guys get any pushback? Sometimes, sometimes, you know, we hear things like, man, like those concerts, you know, they're all about you. Like, where's, you know, where's Jesus in this? And so <laughs> yeah. so he's responded with some videos of people yeah. being in the altar and worshiping. But, you know, we try not to get super caught up in the comments, but we like to at least have an understanding of where we stand and how yeah. we could serve the community better. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, you can't make everybody happy. You can. Yeah. You can. It's hard, man. <laughs> it, you go. You'll go crazy, man. I think the other day, or today, I think I saw. Um, I saw something and it said that. Um, it was pretty extreme the way it was put, but it's so true. It's like one of the worst forms of witchcraft is, is 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 trying to please people. Mm. You know, one of the worst. Yeah, I think one of the worst forms of witchcraft that you can invite into your life is the desire to please everyone, wow. something like that. And I was, that's so true, man, because you will never live up to everyone's expectations. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, that's 
kind of the the frame that we're in in today's world is like I kind of look at the world right now as kind of like a it's like an Instagram grid, you know mm. what I mean? Like where you know you got to puzzle everything together. It's got to look aesthetically good. It's got to right. look this, you know, and it's hard, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you have different minds, different opinions. You're not gonna be likable to everyone, yeah. you know. But I think at the end of the day, you know, it's it's those it's those uh, stories, you know, that I think you guys are hearing now and that you guys are seeing now. And then down the line, you guys are going to be able to even, man, five, 10 years ago, five, I'm sorry, five, 10 years down the line, people are going to say, man, five, 10 years ago, I went to that, to that concert, man. And, you know, my life changed, you know, my life was never the same. Yeah. You know, I think those are the stories are that are super motivational. Right. They got to be the fuel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's is that what fuels you, man? I've had a lot of events outside of being with Miles, yeah. right, that impacted my life and shifted a lot of things that I was doing and yeah. just felt convicted or even felt the opposite, felt empowered by God. So yeah. I know how important these events are. So we yeah. just keep pushing it. And keeping God in the center of all is really important, right? Yeah. Having accountability, having leaders. We know we can't do it all by ourselves. So yeah. we got a good team behind us and yeah. just you know, staying, staying focused for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I like what you said too. accountability, mm-hmm. accountability. I think that's, that's, uh, really important. You know what I mean? Like for when you're in, um, um, especially traveling a lot, right. Um, doing these different events, um, helping you, right. Like it, like you said, keeping Christ, the main focus, um, how important is ca- accountability to you? It's everything. You know, that's one of the main reasons I think why Miles was looking for someone like myself to travel with him, to manage him, mm. because he before me, he was doing it all by himself, right? Mm. He has a wife, he has four kids, so wife yeah. can't come with them. So me yeah. being there is, is an opportunity for us to be accountable to each other, to build with each other, to connect. Yeah. But yeah, you know, the enemy is, is witty smart so you always got to make sure you got a buddy with you that has your back when you're traveling yeah like hey man let's not go there let's do this instead you you want to have an extra set of eyes because you never know yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's so good that's so important i think that a lot of uh young men need to hear that more and even older men you know Mm -hmm. i mean even um, because sometimes even older our older folks you know i mean can feel like They've been doing life themselves their whole life. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes to, especially as men, um, it's hard to be able to say, man, you know what? I, I need someone in my life. Yeah, You know, I need someone to keep me and um, uh, keep me accountable. I need yeah. someone to call me out when I'm, when I'm wrong. Right. You know what I mean? To be able to say, hey, yo, you know, you shouldn't have said that, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, and it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow more for men, I feel. I feel so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's a bit of... And I'm a grown man. Like, how am I going to be, a, you know, accountable? Or why do I have to call this person? Or why do I, you know, but I've come to learn, man, that, you know, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning that accountability is so crucial. You yeah. know, having the right people in your life, the right mentors, the right coaches, the even the right pastors, the right yeah. leaders. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong, you know, when their intention is to look out for you. Yeah, it's everything. It's everything, yeah. man. Yeah. And tell us, uh, so besides that, there's, because uh, I know, man, you're all you're all fashioned out, bro. You know what I mean? So, and you'd even said it right now, like you're you're uh, you're really big into into the fashion industry. First time I see a 
Ben Davis shirt like that, bro. Yeah, man. You That's fire right there, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm going to have to like probably throw on a fit like that, bro. Bring that. <laughs> I used to wear... I remember those shirts, bro. I used to wear those bro, when I was younger. I used to wear those, crease them up right there, They're bro. coming up. They're coming back, bro. Coming back. Dickies yeah, yeah. are coming back. Ben Davises are coming back. We just had a... I just recorded an episode with uh, Lil G909. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a local rapper here from San Bernardino. Cool guy. But we're talking about that, the Chicano culture and yeah. how... A lot of the clothing is coming back. So it's kind of making the OG Cholos cry because everything's more expensive now, bro. That's funny. <laughs> it's funny you say that, too, because I didn't I didn't realize I'm wearing like Ben Davis, Dickies and Air Forces. The Air Forces, bro. You know the story behind the the, the white Air Forces? It was no. a, it's like kind of like a hood, like a hood myth. Like not I don't want to say myth or like it's kind of like if you're in the hood, you know, but like the Air Forces, the white Air Forces. Yeah. They're like, you know, you can tell, you can tell, you can tell how bad, you know, someone's doing by how their air forces are, the white air forces. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you saw someone in the hood with like, you know, beat down air force. You're like, oh, you're doing bad, my boy. Like, <laughs> like, you're doing bad, man. Like, we need, you're doing, you know, you know it, you know, that's, you know, they're all smoked out or something because like, you know. That was a big thing in the hood, like keeping your shoes clean and all well, that. Well, you know, the the younger generation, they call it character. The dirtier it is, the better for them. You didn't know this? No, no. Is the yeah, it's the opposite. So and even the, even in their smell, sometimes too, <laughs> their hygiene too, huh? Bro, some of my like, I be getting around. I'm not gonna say his name, but I got a nephew sometimes be oh. coming to hug me, and I'd be like, my boy, my boy. But yeah, even like, you know, big, I'm just kidding. <laughs> big, big brands like Gucci, Balenciaga, they're making shoes look beat up and then they yeah. sell them for thousands of dollars. Yeah, I know. the Like ripped jeans. Mm, ripped jeans of, too. Think, I think it started with ripped jeans, huh? I think it started with that, bro. The ripped jeans, bro. Yeah. I got, I'm got. I'm a ripped jeaner for life now. I, think, bro. <laughs> I love my ripped jeans, man. But, um, but yeah, so fashion, bro. Um, you're the second, third person that come in that um, is big on fashion as yeah. far as like and no the second person i'm sorry that's big on using fashion as a way to uh reach out mm. and um so talk about that man talk about how how that passion for fashion ooh, that is i like that passion, passion for, for fashion. fashion that passion for fashion um how coming to christ because you're you, you had that before christ already right yeah so for me i think it was what created a a, a passion for fashion was the lack of so when we came from Juarez, right, um, we came from Juarez and mom was like, we're going to cross the border right now, right? We did like the day pass type of thing. Yeah. But then we just stayed because right? yeah. we live right by yeah, the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so she was like, you got to pack light. So you only, you're only allowed to bring two shirts, two shorts and a pair of sandals. That's it. Yeah. So that's how I came to America with. So when school started, that's what I had to work with. Yeah. My two shirts and my two shorts. We ended up going to... Um, you know, like yard sales and got a couple extra stuff. But in order for people to not know that I only was limited to like 10 pieces of clothing, I always had to mix it up together. Okay. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. Like switch it up. I know and that I, struggle. And I got, <laughs> I got creative. Really, that's where it came from. Yeah. So once I started, you know, working in high school and started getting a little money, I started, you know, just yeah. it, it became it became something where I was able to express myself. Yeah. So, you know, fast forward years later. Not a lot of people know this. My brand is really young. It's only yeah. about four months old, but it started making a big impact. Obviously, yeah. Miles opened up a lot of doors because he's one of the top three biggest Christian artists right now in the game. So him wearing the the hat helped yeah. out a lot. But 
Uh, yeah, we're four months. We're four months in, but we've wow, we yeah. made a big impact already in the culture. That's time. We've sold hundreds, if not thousands, of hats, and we're just we're just that's, growing. That's what's up. And what's the name of your brand? Christlike. Christlike. I like that. And this this hat right here, this hat, got it right here. This hat right here. He, he was uh he was uh, uh generous enough to bring this hat. It's yes, dope. Fits with the shirt and everything, and then the hat that you have on too, right? Yeah. So, I like that, man. so with this one, I wanted to mix my two most fa- uh most popular designs. So I have the Christlike; it's like an old English, yeah, and the hat that you're wearing, and I just put it in one hat, and that looks dope. Man. Yeah, thank you. Man. That looks dope. Bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, and and how? So, man, four months. That's really yeah. That's I thought I thought because you know by looking at your 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 pages, I was like you know, if you wouldn't think you think it's been an established brand for for so long man yeah how's that um how's that journey been though has it been difficult Mm, not yet i haven't like went through nothing super hard i think sometimes it's just getting getting the business started and running could be overwhelming you know you got to come up with upfront money to build the website to come up with the product to start marketing it so yeah it's nothing horrible but you know all the typical problems that a business owner deals with yeah uh but you know, I started off with 12 hats. I just started off with one design yeah, and then sold those, made 12, sold those, made 24. And I just started, you know, doubling down. Yeah. Um, what I loved about it was the reaction that I was getting from people. And I had a lot of people that were not believers stopping me asking about the hats. Yeah. So then for me, what became a, a you know, a fire behind it was like, yo, wearing this hat's like reverse evangelism. Mm-hmm. I don't got to go out and talk to people and try to get their you know their story out of them and said they come to me they ask about it they're curious they're yeah. asking questions they're engaging and i get to share my testimony and hopefully plant a seed so that they could start seeking god on their own yeah yeah and that's what i love about it man is 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 you know you didn't come to because a lot of times people come to christ and they lose their fashion <laughs> they lose their sense of fashion you hey know? i was I, you know what i mean i'm guilty of that i want to say like my first couple months Going into church, yeah. like I started dressing different. I was like, I'm gonna wear, you know, my church shoes and skinny jeans and like a polo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I wanted to fit in, but I was like, you know what? I'm just try, you know, I'm just start dressing how I yeah. usually do. I don't gotta <laughs> yeah. change. Like God loves me the way that I yeah. that I am. He loves my creativity. He yeah. loves that I'm unique and different. So I want to, you know, I want to share more of that. Yeah. I didn't have to change for for the church. Like God was making internal changes that. That was that was secondary. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. No, and that's cool. And I, and I know we we joke about it, but it's because it's true. Sometimes it You're is like, true. You don't know how to like dress anymore. You don't know <laughs> how to like you know. the The good thing for me that I had going when I came to Christ was that I had no fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I had no fashion, man. Like I mean, I was I, our fashion was like as long as you know uh, a white tee. A, a, white tee is essential. Essential, essential. White tee. A jersey, like you know, as long as it had blue in it, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> that was that was essential. Uh, bald head, so a razor was essential. Like you know, like and then uh, and then the blue Levi's, you know what I mean, That's or Dickies, it. or you know what I mean. And so when I came, like that was kind of like the cool thing was that I was able to like kind of find you know like okay, how do I like to dress? And then of course, like my wife helped and everything. You know, I started like I had to like change things up and stuff, but. For so long, I was like just stuck in, I didn't know, like just fade my hair, you know, right. like I just need a quick fade, short fade and yeah. let's go, you know, but. But that was popular. Even if you weren't a game banger, like that's yeah, what people are wearing. Or uh, I'm talking oh, about the, the, oh, the, the clothes. clothes. That's what yeah, people yeah, are wearing yeah. too. Like 
I want to say like 2010, like yeah. everybody was wearing that. Yeah, that was like the typical, the pro clubs, yeah. shakas. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and but I love that you, because um, it just attests. You know, I know it's a. It, some people might be like, ah, it's no big deal, but but it really does attest to 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 God's uniqueness in our lives. You know, um, I think a lot of times we can. Um, you know, we preach a lot about um, not blending in with the world, but I think a lot of times we can blend in a lot as believers as well. In in the sense of like, we all want to look alike. Yeah, yeah. You know, we all want to look alike. We all want to function alike. You know, we kind of start to look like a little army, you know what I mean? Of just, you know, of just, you know, these Christians, you know, and, but I believe that, uh, um, you know, just like you, you were able to find that, you know what? Hey, God loves my uniqueness. Yeah. And not only does God love my uniqueness, but he wants to use my uniqueness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like you said, if you had no sense of fashion, you probably wouldn't have ever been able to spark conversations with yeah. young people. You know what I mean? And 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 that was, you know, a tool that God was using through your life to spark conversations with these young mm. high schoolers and and then eventually, you know, it was um you know, you're able to start this brand, you know what I mean? And, and I love that because the, the other guy that we brought in too, Root Awakenings, I think that's, that's his brand. And he's used like the biblical descriptions of angels, mm. um, to create hats and, uh, he'll create these, these biblical, um, uh, angels, you know, and, and people, they've even, I have a hat of his and, and at the fair, I'm recently here at the orange, orange, uh, orange show fair, I had it on and a few people were like, hey, I like your hat, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then I would get to tell them, like, wow. I got it from this person. But then I would tell my story because that's exactly what he was doing. People were just like, yo, like, what is that? Like, that looks dope. Like, oh, and then he would break it down. Like, this is what it is wow. from the, in the book of Revelation. It says this in the book of Ezekiel. It describes this. So I just wanted to recreate it. Mm. You know, I'm a Christian. Like, you know what I mean? And so it, it sparks it. Because especially in today's age, I don't know if you can agree, we kind of talked about it, but in today's age, everyone's guard is up. You know, everyone's guard is up. If you if you just walk down the street and just, don't, if you don't know that person, you just try to talk to them, their guard is up. Yeah. It's like, what does this person want? What are they trying to take from me? What are they, you know, it's, 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 there's a guard, you know, yeah. and it's natural, it's natural, you know, and. But I feel in today's age, it's a lot stronger. More than ever. More than ever, you know, especially when it comes to politics, religion, anything. So f having ways like this through fashion to be able to, because as soon as somebody likes something, it's like, huh, yo, right, right, right. what is that? That's Guards dope. down. Guards, Guards down. down automatically because they're the ones initiating the compliment. And when they're initiating the compliment, man, it's like guards down. And then now... If your guard's down, you're ready because you you got a message. You go for the kill. You go for it, man. <laughs> and you're like, come here. And then without knowing, we go back to doing what that 12-year-old friend did. It's yeah. just being bold enough to be like, this is what this hat represents, man. Mm. You know, and so, and what did what do you, uh, well, kind of, you want to kind of touch on that a little bit or just sharing right now? No, yeah, I love that. I think, I think for me, that's what really inspired me. And I, I touched a little bit on it. It's reverse ev evangelism. That's what yeah. pushed me to keep going. It's an opportunity for sure for me to share my gospel. Absolutely. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck mm -hmm. yeah. And have you ever, um, have you ever like, what's the most craziest experience that you've heard of or if you've seen like in one of your events or through your merchandise? 
The craziest thing was we were at the Honda Center, 15,000 people. I had just started the brand. I think I was like a month, a month and a half in. I had only sold like 200 hats. And out of the 15,000 people, I met three people with my hat at the Honda Center. Yeah. And they were wearing the hat. So that's when I knew I'm like, I'm in, a, I'm in a place where the hats are selling, but we're not going like generally into the market. We're going deep into the market, yeah. right? We're creating a strong foundation. For me to be in an event with 15,000 people and I had only sold 200 hats and three of them were at this event yeah. and they were from different states, that's how I knew I was, in the, yeah. I was in the right place with the right people to support and be behind it. Yeah. And what do you, what are you, um, what is your hope? What is your prayer, your desire um, through this brand? And through what you're doing um, with um, the concerts and everything, uh, with the brand is definitely to to reach the lost, to connect with people that uh, usually wouldn't hear about the gospel, and making this an opportunity to spark yeah. conversation about the gospel. Uh, so that's a big thing for me. My wife and I, we we package the hats ourselves, and we pray over the hats. Yeah. We pray that God blesses them. We pray that whoever wears the hats, that God puts a special anointing in their life. We pray that mm. it sparks conversation so that they're able to share their testimony yeah. to the people complimenting the hats. So that's really our hope and desire with the brand, with Christ. Like, Yeah, that's what's up. I love it. And then what is your desire to in, in, in managing and doing what you're doing for work? I've always been into, into business. I remember when my friend prayed for me in 2012, that young guy, I went home and I wrote what I wanted to be when I grew up. Oh, wow. And I wrote down, I want to be an entrepreneur in the hip hop industry. Mm. And, you know, we're here we are 10 years later and That's doing crazy. exactly that. Yeah. So for me, I've always been interested in business and being able to do it with ministry. It, it's a dream come true for me. Yeah. How important is that, man? Why don't you kind of share a little bit about that? Like, um, understanding the business side and, and, and what you guys do? For me, business, the way that I look at business is um, genuine connections with other people. So it's just about connecting with others, networking. Um, for me, it's really important to just connect with people. And if you're able to connect with people, you could do business with people. If you're able to do business with people, you could build a huge ministry. So for me, I just look at it one-on-one -on -one connections, yeah. building building those genuine connections with people. And for me, that's what has brought me to where I am today. Yeah, that's a great perspective, you know, for a lot of people. I think a lot of people can learn that, learn from that. Um, sorry, it, you know, because I think in, in today's age, you know, and, and a lot of what we hear, it's not bad, but... You know, we hear that, you know, business is cutthroat, you know, business is for the sharks, right. um, you know, business is, um, you know, you got to be ruthless in business. And, and, and by, you know, I, I, and I believe there's a certain healthy level of all those things, even ambition, there's a healthy level to have, but I think at the same time, it kind of distorts young entrepreneurs, right. you know, young men and young women that are barely starting in business. They feel they, they have to create a persona, you know what I mean? And, or, or fake it till you make it even, you know what I mean? Like that's real popular. Fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. But I've always kind of disagreed with those philosophies. The reason why is because, you know, I love what you said right now is, is, is being able to understand how you can use your service, your product, your business to connect with others. Because if people can't connect with you, if you can't connect with others, if there's no, if you're not adding value with what you're doing or you, what you're providing, then you're missing the whole point of right. being in business. Yeah. Know? Good business is good business. You know, you yeah. could be cutthroat or or if you are cutthroat, you're just going to lose credibility. You're right. going to lose customers. So 
just do things the right way. There's yeah. there's a lot of biblical examples uh, where they talk about business and how to run things. And yeah. I kind of just go by that. That's awesome, man. No, and then I also see it, too, as an outlet, not an outlet, but as a resource, you know, for ministry. You know, and I think you I think you did say that, right? It's yeah. been a resource because, you know, let, let's be honest, man, um, you know, events, things, venues, it, it takes financing. You know, what I mean, reaching people, it does take financing. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I, of course, you know, like probably many people hearing this is like, oh, you know, it's it's always about money. It's always. Well, the thing is that and I know that there's been bad testimonies out there with people misusing money and things like that. And I get it, you know, but we always have to understand that, you know, to reach people like it is going to take financing. It is going to take, you know, um, being able to get into the attention of people, you know, and the marketing, the all these different things, like the venues that need to be used, you know, the staff that is needed, you know, mm-hmm. even sometimes, you know, sometimes there's things that, yeah, you can you can do with volunteers, but then there's things that sometimes you need professionals, you know, you need, you know, you need legal advice. You know, there's a lot of different things that a lot of people, um, you know, don't understand that, you know, uh, is needed, you know, and so being a good businessman and being blessed with the business, you know, it also gives us an opportunity to be able to share that, you know, and be generous towards the kingdom. Right. Yeah. yeah something I love about my wife, she, her goal is to plant 12 churches financially, like just write the check and there's one church and do it 12 uh, times. So we can do a lot of great things with finances, yeah. but also we're not restricted to finances, right? It depends how you want to, how you want to do the outreach there's people that stand in the corner and do it that way. They buy exactly. a, a poster mm-hmm. at the 99 cent store, right? You know, let me pray for you, mm-hmm. right? And and you could do it that way. Or you could do something like what you do. Yeah. You know, do video content. This is definitely, you got to invest more, more expensive, right? Yeah. However, um, there's different ways that you can do it. But whatever you choose, it, it shouldn't be restricted to finances. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's different ways. No, yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. And never never being led by it, you know, because like you said, there's so many ways that you can do it, you know, and, and even just the simple things like being nice to someone, you know, like just being nice to someone, just be that person that talks to someone, be that big brother, be that big sister, you know, or if they're older than you, be that little brother, be that little sister, you yeah. know, and um you know, and I, I think we, we touched on so many good things, man. So many good things, so many good nuggets that I think that people are going to be able to uh, really take away from this. And especially in the Christian community, they're going to really be able to take away those those key things. What is something that you want to just leave the audience with before we, uh, before we come to a close? Yeah, for me, something that changed my life early on was your product of your environment. Environment is important. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. So, you know, there people talk about it all the time in business. Yeah. Show me show me who your friends are and I'll show you your future, right? Yeah. So for me, I was in the wrong crowd. I was with the wrong people leading me to towards the wrong things. Uh, and I shifted that. I started hanging out with people that I looked up to, with leaders, with pastors, with prophets. And that just completely changed what was happening up here and in here in my mind and my spirit and it it happened exponentially faster than if i were to do it by myself that's why community is super important so you're a product of your environment if you want to change change your environment yeah i love it so if you're out there and you were listening to this episode um how can they how can they reach out to you 
Uh, they could look me up on Instagram. It's Mr. Vision himself, Mr. Vision himself, or Christlike Collection on Instagram as well. Yeah, check out his merch, guys. I'm gonna put all his link in the description, um, so that way you can, uh, you know, all his links, everything. Check him out. Um, you know, be inspired, be envisioned, and and again, we just want to. Um, I want to encourage, you know, whoever is listening, uh, whether you're, this is your first time listening to this episode, um, if you haven't yet, you know, that's we talked about something really key today. And I think that one of the things that we can we can kind of put together throughout this whole conversation is is number one, you know, be bold, you know, be bold enough to let God use you. You know, uh, there's somebody that is close to you in your environment um, at your school. Um, at your college, at work, um, you know, even in your neighborhood, maybe that is just waiting for you to say, okay, God, and for you to go tell them, you know, about his love, you know, so be bold enough, you know, be bold enough to be used and then also be persistent. You know, if there's, if God is putting someone in your heart, be persistent with that per person, call them, text them. Um, you know, the world lives in a different lens you know um you always see that hey you know if people don't want to be in your life then leave them and that's true for certain situations but i think when it comes to uh pursuing god's call in our life god's purpose in our life we got to understand that we're different our mind we have the mind of christ now and we're going to be prone to people hurting us we're going to be prone to um people neglecting us we're going to be we're going to be exposed to that but don't ever let that sink into your heart and keep you from the most important thing because i think that's one of the plans of the enemy is he wants to harden your heart and he wants to make your heart cold towards people mm. because if you can't love people then we lose the primary mission which is to reach people that was christ's primary and if you read the gospels that's constantly what was happening to christ is he was constantly being attacked to be cold he was constantly being attacked to to for he was it was almost like they wanted a re, a bad reaction from him you know to be able to say see he's not here for the people or here's not but he was always here with that mission to die for those for the lost and so we we gotta stay persistent stay persistent with that person maybe them ignoring you maybe them you know putting you on the back burner it's just because maybe they're going through something but you be persistent with loving them be persistent by encouraging them be persistent by showing up for them regardless of what's going on and then also be willing to walk with them be that community be that community for that person you might be the only community for them at that moment but that's okay be their community and you stay in community stay in community and be the community and so and i think if we do those things man we're going to be able to to change lives you agree jorge absolutely let's change lives let's do it let's change lives every day let's go man <laughs> yeah that's what it's all about real authentic conversations this was offbeat podcast let's go thank you for tuning in man don't forget to subscribe like and share 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 this video all right guys peace out yeah buddy good job <laughs>